where's the real power lie? The power behind the power. Because it's no longer about who lives in the White House. It's about who owns the White House. This is the presidency. How much higher can a politician go? The real power isn't here. It's beyond here. It's above it, but still working in conjunction with it. Welcome, Kate Daly Show, last hour on a Friday. Yes, this is a rerun, but a special rerun, because this is a collection of clips, interviews, things like that from uh, six, seven years ago even eight years ago in the last hour. So it was kind of interesting to compare notes, look at headlines and say, oh, my gosh, some of the same things we're up against. Uh, Disney, same kind of thing going on with Disney, all kinds of things. Um, You know, it's just kind of crazy. Anyway, welcome to the show. And of course, I'm going to share with you a Ron Paul interview that I did. And I think this was the second interview I had with him. I'm pretty sure this was like six or seven years ago, 2016, Trump and Hillary were running. And uh, so 2016 and kind of interesting his thoughts. I thought you might enjoy kind of going in the way back machine and hearing what he had to say, or at least a glimpse of that. And uh, I'll share more clips with you in this hour, but I thought this was kind of interesting. So let me start with this conversation with Ron Paul um, in 2000, uh, August of 2016, and then uh, also get to the website and join the fourth hour uh, round table before you lose your opportunity to do so. Um, we're only accepting that for about a week and uh, or less, uh, and uh, and we start March the second, 2023. Here is my interview with Ron Paul and uh, him sharing his thoughts on government 2016. First, never to be elected. Second, not to be reelected. And third, that nobody would ever pay any attention. <laughs> and I still thought I should set you know a record to mm-hmm. show what you should do if you were following the Constitution. But it turned out that more people paid attention than I ever dreamed would. Were you surprised when you got reelected uh, with your nickname of, of Mr. No, as far as really standing up to principles and saying, if it's not constitutionally based or founded, forget about it? Well, at the beginning, before I had been there a while, but, you know, after I got to be known and I got to reception and I was always surprised that they didn't make a stronger effort. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were efforts in the early years to get me out of Congress. But, you know, as I got to meet and, and know the people in the district more, and a lot of people would say, well, you know, um, there's some things I just don't agree with you on that, but, you know, sure. but they say, we know where you stand. So I, th- I think that's what over ruled some of the positions because you know if we're realistic even even among libertarians uh, you know there's some disagreement so you can't say that one person has the final and total answer so that's a that's a big a big difference in trusting the people oh yeah was there a lot of pressure early on to kind of go to the dark side i mean there's so many lobbyists there's so much there that that these congressmen just they go into office they sound so great and then they seem to lose their way so quickly is it that strong of a pull is it that much? No. Well, I guess it is for some people, and they mm-hmm. and they they become pragmatic. They sure. say they go, and it, it happens even before you're sworn in. Uh, what will you do here, and what will you do for us? And then later on, it will be the votes. If you want promoted in your committee, if you ever want to be a subcommittee chairman, you have to raise money and pay your dues. And it goes on and on. And and that was the least of my interest. I had no interest at all whatsoever. I had enough time where 
career if I was working just on senior seniority and playing ball, I could have been chairman of the banking committee. And people say, yeah, look at what you could have done. But by that time, you can't do anything other than what you're told to do. <laughs> That's you know, true. in order to uh, get the support, you're not your uh, your own person. Mm-hmm. The pressure that I noticed came from people who considered themselves close allies, never the opposition, never the other party, never mm-hmm. the real strong liberals. It would be people who were conservative, and they almost, they would argue, well, I want to protect you. You're going too far. You're going to lose the election, and we and we need you here. Right. There was a little bit of that, but I think most of it was if I got a reputation for following, you know, the Constitution and being conservative, it might make them look bad. So I think whether that was conscious or subconscious, I think on their part, they didn't like me waving waving a flag. So they would beg and plead for me not to vote by myself. No, this is foolish. Why are you doing this? You know? Wow. So, uh, and yet, instead of that being the political negative that everybody predicted, it actually turned out to be a political positive. Right. Because the people said, you know, he, he's sticking to it, and when he explains it, I understand what he's talking about. Oh, that's fantastic. Great insight, too. Is it, you know, when you looked around and you were observing Congress, uh, they tend to, to not defund the programs that usurp the Constitution. Was it ignorance or weakness? I think it's a bunch, you know, bunch of uh, different reasons. I, I think uh, most of it is ignorance. Ignorance in the sense that they don't start from a basic principle, say a libertarian principle that we we understand, where we don't ever want to, you know, use force to have our have our own way. Mm-hmm. But there, it's more to it than just that political principle. It's also what's ingrained in into our system is into our minds from the public school system. True. This is why I'm such a strong supporter of homeschooling and alternative schools and private schooling. Is it they beat it into us? And I I've often said that you know. So it after I got out of college, I was fascinated with ideas, but I said it took me a long time to unlearn the things that were beat into my head, you know, whether mm-hmm. it was the schooling or whether it was the news media or the movies or the TV or all these things, and you feel lonely. And when I discovered Austrian economics, of course, I said, well, these guys sound pretty smart, mm-hmm. and they agree with me. Of course, I was agreeing with them, but I think some of our beliefs are very natural and, and common sense. So I I think it's a lot of ignorance and a lot of political it's not so much that they have their hands under the table and they enrich themselves which many do mm-hmm. but it was mainly to be a player you know uh, uh, you know I, I can I remember watching some of the late late votes where the Republicans were losing a vote and they had to send the whole team down there to try to convert uh, you know a few a few people and their strategy was just get their friends to come and they might I'd lobby, 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 do this, do this, please do us for us. But finally, a, the speaker himself mm-hmm. would come and say, um, do you, are you, do you want to be a team player or not? It was a team player. You've got to be part of the group. Your instincts may be something, but that sometimes was the clinching argument uh, that the uh, people in the system wanted. You've got to be a team player. You can't. And they see, they see that uh, if, if you don't compromise, 
realize uh, that you're not part of the system and you don't want to help and you can't get anywhere and it's not good for the country. Of course, the opposite is selling out and selling your soul and doing things that uh, you don't even believe in and we shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate you being so candid. It's it's hard to get people to open up on this subject, and I really appreciate that. I know that many want your thoughts on Trump. Uh, insider, shill, outsider. What, what is your take on Trump? Well, you know, I just did a program on my my Liberty Report, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, dot com. We do a daily program on that, and, I, and, and Daniel McAdams, who, who does that with me, we we talked a whole lot about Trump's speech, you know, that he recently gave, you mm-hmm. know, on on foreign policy. Sure. And uh, you know, it, uh, uh, it it's it, our conclusion, and my conclusion really is that you have no idea where he is because uh, I quoted one statement that was in the regular media that said that he seems like he could be a combination of Ron Paul and Genghis Khan. <laughs> You know, so, you know, one moment he might say, well, no nation building. And right. the next time he wants to bomb and kill and and uh, steal and charge people for, uh, you know, being a mercenary and taking oil as a payment for our war and our effort. So he's, he's too extreme. So he's he's less predictable, I think, than Hillary. Everybody knows exactly where she's going True. and what she's likely to do. We have we we know we, we know what her foreign policy is, even though it's done in secret. A lot of times it's not a surprise mm-hmm. that she's always involved in some of this intrigue and supporting these other countries. And uh, But but uh, Trump is too unpredictable for me, and he's too authoritarian for me, and I don't think he, he even comes close to being a non-interventionist. I appreciate that. I really do. Liberty Report, by the way, uh, you've started this, and it's, it's huge, and people really need to visit and give that a lot of attention. I- That was my interview with Ron Paul back in 2016. Hard to believe it was that long ago, right, when Trump was running. But here's some thoughts from my interview with Lou Rockwell on the same subject. So I thought I would share this, too, because it happened in the same year. Lou Rockwell heads a site named LouRockwell.com, a dynamic voice in libertarian politics. Well, first of all, of course, these, this is not a debate. A debate is between two people. I agree. You can't have, you can't have a debate with 10, 10 people and three sure. moderators. Sure. Uh, so it's a forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was, by and large, very boring, mm-hmm. like all these things are. But, right. of course, Trump is, the, is interesting. Yeah. And that's what, one of the things that attracts us to him. I, what do I think about him? I think that why he's so appealing to people is because they find him plain spoken, mm-hmm. uh, that he's not part of the political establishment. He's not been a life a lifelong politician like like most of them, mm-hmm. uh, that he's actually run a big business, made a lot of money, accomplished a lot, and uh, he just is outside the system. So I think that's – and he doesn't play by any of the rules uh, that the system would like us to, to play. So would he actually be somebody who should be ruling over us? Well, it's my view nobody should be ruling over us. And it's I why agree. I always put Ron Paul in a different category because uh, he – did not and does not want to rule over anybody. He does not actually want to exercise power. The unfortunate thing about people who go into politics, uh, virtually all of them, they want to run your life. They want to run your family, your neighborhood, your business, your church, everything. That's a great uh, point. They're, they're a bad bunch of people. Uh, the, the, some of the ancient Greek city-states elected uh, public officials by lot, mm-hmm. uh, which they felt was a, a way of overcoming this business that people who wanted the power should be kept away from the power. Uh, so, absolutely. But I, uh, but I know Trump has made 
I'm interested in politics. I, I used to be involved in politics before going straight. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm uh, even though I think it's a very negative thing for society. It still interests me like a train wreck or something. So. <laughs> it does. It's like a car crash. You can't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, That's true. I, I, I follow it. I, I find it interesting. Trump is, of course, extremely interesting. And, the, you know, the, I like the fact that everybody hates him. Yeah. The Republican Party hates him. The media hate him. Um, but he has a very strong following. And I think it's not because of his policy positions, whatever those are. Mm -hmm. I always think of policy as another as a synonym for lie. Um, but it's just his style. People like his style. They like uh, the way he talks, the way he acts. He's not part of the political class. I Absolutely. think that's, that's why people find him entrancing. That was Lou Rockwell from LouRockwell.com. Great, fun interview with him. Uh, you can go into the Wayback Machine and get these interviews, by the way. Maybe I'll put them up on the site <laughs> in full so you can hear them. But uh, so good to revisit this all these years later, is it not? I always love that. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show, a special rerun for you today. Looking back six to eight years ago, what were we talking about? What were the issues? Are they the same? And uh, some insights from some uh, heavy-hitting uh, interviews. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Thank you.